When we hear the term hydration, most people think of water in some form. This makes sense. We wouldn't have life on this earth as we know it without water. But what many people don't think about is water's forgotten sibling, electrolytes. Just as with many processes in the body, hydration is a delicate balancing act between electrolytes and H2O. Not only are these minerals essential to the hydration balance, they're also involved in countless other processes in the human body. Not all electrolytes are made the same. Sourcing and processing matters when trying to retain the natural mineral and electrolyte content. Many electrolyte beverages also contain added sugars, sweeteners, and unnecessary ingredients that lower the quality of the product. This is why we've partnered with Bowie to bring you electrolytes of the highest possible quality. Bowie's electrolytes are purposefully crafted to be unflavored and unsweetened, so you can add them to any beverage. Add a squirt to your morning coffee, your evening cup of chamomile, that cocktail you order with dinner, or that beer you're having at your neighbor's cookout. Or keep it simple and add some to your daily water bottle for a natural hydration boost. And here is the best part. They were generous enough to offer listeners 30% off their first purchase of Bowie. Simply use the code UW30 at checkout. That's capital U, capital W, the number 30, no spaces, at checkout. If you're as big a fan of nut milk as I am, you've probably heard of a nifty little kitchen gadget called the Nutter. And no, this is not associated in any way with Nutter Butters. If you haven't heard about it, the Nutter is a sleek looking, compact machine that turns nuts into nut milk. Now, you may be saying, okay, Brayden, but I can also make nut milk with a blender and cheesecloth. And yes, you can, but the Nutter makes the process way easier by removing the need to soak the nuts and making cleanup a much smoother process. It's great for the environment and your wallet. Nutter users produce much less waste from milk cartons and save tons on nut milk over time. It's so good that OnPoint's CEO constantly reminds us that everyone needs one. Click the link in the description to get yourself a Nutter and start making delicious homemade nut milk combinations. Featured in Forbes magazine as one of the best collagen powders of 2022, Vital Proteins delivers exceptional quality when it comes to supplements. This stuff is so good. Even Jennifer Aniston, yes, that Jennifer Aniston, endorses it. Why take a collagen supplement? Well, it is a key component of connective tissue in the body, the stuff that provides structure to skin and connects bones, joints, muscles, and ligaments. Getting enough collagen in the diet can improve areas such as flexibility, strength, and overall movement. Check out Vital Protein's Collagen Powder and all the other fantastic supplements they carry by clicking the link in the description. Of course. So I think most people are going to be familiar with lifespan, right? The extent, the, the length of time that we're alive. 
Uh, and when you, people think about it, they think, well, you know, up until this age, but then I'm just bedridden or I'm just decrepit and I'm not making the most of it. And Hellspan reframes and says, well, how do we extend the number of healthy years that we get? What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Unfiltered Wellness with On Point Nutrition. That's right, we are rocking a new title starting this episode that we feel more accurately reflects this podcast as a whole. So we hope you like it. This is the no-nonsense health podcast exploring trending topics like mental health, sleep, self-care, mindfulness, and more, always through the lens of evidence-based nutrition. My name is Braden. I'm a registered dietitian at OnPoint and your host for Unfiltered Wellness. The past three years have brought about significant changes in the way we view health and where we spend our money. The combination of social distancing and an increased awareness on illness prevention have led Americans to spend more on individual isolated health products than ever before. For example, dietary supplement sales increased by a whopping 44% in the six weeks preceding April 5th, 2020. That is a massive jump. While supplements definitely have their place, we are losing the big picture of what it means to be healthy and isolating the different areas of our wellness. Today's guest has made it his mission to combat this trend and is encouraging people to think about all areas of their health span working together instead of working in isolation. Andrew McConnell is the founder and former CEO of Rented.com and the Wall Street Journal best-selling author of Get Out of My Head, Creating Modern Clarity with Stoic Wisdom. Prior to launching Rented, Andrew founded Vacation Futures Inc. and Rented Capital LLC. Before striking out on his own, Andrew was a management consultant at McKinsey & Company and a director at Solutions Design at Axiom Global, Inc. A former international medalist as a member of the U.S. national team in open water swimming, Andrew received his A.B. in history from Harvard University, his J.D. from Harvard Law School, and his L.L.M. from the University of Cambridge, Trinity Hall. Andrew, welcome to the show, my man. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Awesome. That is a crazy bio that I just read, dude. That's wild. You have done so much. How old are you, if you don't mind me asking? I am 42. Okay. Well, you don't look 42, first of all. Uh, <laughs> second, I mean, that's just like a couple companies, a book, a medalist. Tell me about the, the swimming. I mean, open water swimming, that's, that's, that's a crazy thing to get into. Yeah, it was, I was a little lucky. Um, back then, it wasn't yet an Olympic sport. So it didn't make it to the Olympics until 2008. Okay. And so back when, when I was doing it, it wasn't quite as big of a deal to do. And my senior year in high school, the national championships for the 25 kilometer open water race were in Hawaii. Mm. And my coach said, Hey, you should really try this. We, we had this guy coming back from college who was going. And so I convinced my parents as my graduation gift to, to let me go to Hawaii to just compete in this. 
Yeah. I don't know why you asked to go compete in a five hour open water <laughs> race. Uh, and so, so I go down there to do it and start talking to the lifeguards on the beach to try to figure out currents and everything and, and figure out the course and we say, yeah, we come around Diamond Head and we loop here. And they said, no, 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 you, you don't do that. I said, yeah, yeah. So here's the course, here's the map. We come around and you go, that's a breeding ground for hammerheads. There's no way they have you doing that. And so <laughs> the people who had designed the course and people saw 12 foot hammerheads, everything off the boats, they Dude. didn't talk to any locals. But so I, I did it and ended up, it was my first time doing it and made the national team. And so got to go to Worlds, got to get back to Hawaii a year later um, when they had the G-Shock Pro tournament down there and, and was able to to get the bronze medal. Uh, wow. And so, yeah, wow. Uh, Incredible. Do you still swim nowadays? I do. So I actually cool. moved to Bermuda back in 2020 and oh. I'm in the ocean basically every day. You know, so, <laughs> yeah. So so you're currently living and calling me from Bermuda. Correct. Yes. Oh man. Um, what a dream, huh? What a freaking dream. That's awesome. Wow. Well, good for you. Congratulations on that bronze you. and for, you know, going to Harvard, Cambridge and stuff like that. Like that's just that's crazy, <laughs> crazy, awesome thing. So you have, written this book, Get Out of My Head, Creating Modern Clarity with Stoic Wisdom. What originally inspired you to write that book? Yeah, so for me, I the work I try to make pretty transparent and share. So it, it came back to one of my early businesses, my co-founder was trying to work on speaking. And he, he went to a conference and he gave a speech and said, you know, I'm not a natural like you. And, and so it, it took a lot of work. And I was like, wow, okay. He, he has no idea what goes into this. Like, there's nothing natural about this. When I, when I was in middle school and high school, just raising my hand in class, I would start to get sweaty. My heart would start <laughs> racing, right? And this was something yeah. that I've had to work on for years. So when I go up and I present, I've been practicing in the shower, you know, 10 times a day, I'm right. running through what I'm doing. And so it comes across maybe as if it's effortless, but there's so much work that goes into it. And I said, well, it's really giving the wrong impression to people. I need to be more transparent about the work. Mm -hmm. And so I started writing a lot of blog posts about my work as a founder, as a father, as a husband, the things that I was working on mentally. And one day in a swim, I was thinking, you know, a book is just like a bunch of blog posts, but in a cohesive, coherent way that you kind of package yeah. and trying to figure out what it was and, and got an agent. We're, we're working through ideas and then COVID hit. Mm -hmm. And a friend of mine who had founded the largest REIT owns 80,000 individual uh, single family residential properties for rental that they took public, you know, $20 billion. Now the biggest investor in venture capital and real estate tech. When COVID first hit, he said, man, I would go back and start that first company in a heartbeat. We're going to have a generation of perpetual renters, people who got wiped out in the financial crisis, got wiped out with COVID, got wiped out. They're never going to have the financial means to own their own home. They're always going to have to rent. Mm. And I said, man, that's really depressing. <laughs> and then I just started looking around and I thought, actually, we have a way bigger problem than this one generation having to rent their home. We have an entire society that's renting their minds, right? Mm -hmm. The one thing we're born with that we own, we give it away. If you think about what's going on in 2020 mm -hmm. to whatever president might be tweeting at that time, to whatever the latest statistics are, the news, the social media, everything. We, people felt so stretched then and they didn't own their time. They didn't own their mind. They were just taking back the pieces after they gave it all away to other people. I said, man, what, 
what's going on here? <laughs> this is this one thing. And so that just sent me down this rabbit hole of why are we doing that? Why Taylor Swift had a song, Free Rent Living in My Mind, uh, Sam Altman, the, the founder of OpenAI who created ChatGPT, sent out a tweet back in 2019, don't let jerks live rent-free in your head. Like mm. what, this started becoming this meme of living rent-free in your head. Mm -hmm. I said, why is that? Why are even the most successful people in the world having to deal with this? And so that took me into evolutionary biology. That took me into uh, ancient wisdom, It part Stoicism, part Buddhism, part Taoism, and Christian and uh, Judeo-Christian history and thought. And and so that's that's what led to the book. Wow. Yeah, I think it's great that you asked that question of why in the first place, because yeah, we we live on the surface level, right? We're, we're paying attention to all these tweets or social media, like you were saying, whatever it is. And that that is simply the byproduct of what's going on under the surface, right? People may not be feeling their best. They may not be mentally like uh, feeling their best. They may have issues going on at home, right? So a lot of times it's similar to like bullying, right? It's, it's a, a lot of times it's just a, a repercussion of what's going on inside their that bully's head you know yeah so yeah i think a lot of the negativity stems from potentially the the health crisis that we're experiencing in america at the moment and that's both physical and mental health and so i'm assuming you kind of came to that realization as well you're like okay there's a lot of things going wrong health wise in the country that need to be addressed i mean Yes, right? like it's, it, you could go through any number of statistics from the obesity epidemic or diabetes or loneliness epidemic and, and just the fact that the average lifespan is actually decreasing for a period of time for large segments of the population. I mean, just this kind of period of despair where if you look at the science, you look at the opportunity, mm -hmm. there's literally never been a better time to be alive. Mm -hmm. And yet because of potentially all the noise that's out there mm -hmm. and being able to, to really distill and say, what's it relevant to me and what piece it, it's getting lost. And it's, you know, in some ways, a lot of times it's, it's like the, the drunk standing under the street light, looking for the car keys and you say, Oh, is this where you lost your keys? Like, no, but this is where the light is. And mm -hmm. so we go optimize on the things that are easy to measure, even if they're not what are impactful, for us to live a good life. And so really trying to understand what health means uh, as opposed to just this one metric, right? Okay, it, it's my weight, it's this one thing. Well, okay, is it your weight? I mean, what's your lean mass in there? What What is your average fasting glucose? Like all these pieces that go into it, are you truly healthy or not? And too much of the time we, we optimize on what's easy to see and measure at the cost of the things that truly matter most to our health. Mm, yeah, I like that. And there's so much to talk about this with clients all the time. Like we cannot go into this only having the scale as a marker of progress. There's so much happening under the surface. Things that we're talking about, blood glucose changes, mental changes, mental clarity, inflammation decreasing, that we just can't, I mean, you can measure some of those things, but without access to like constant access to you know blood glucose monitor or some of those more in-depth tests it's 
you have to just rely more on being human and your yeah. intuition because we have like the body is a very complex thing it's a beautiful thing that can tell you when things are out of alignment so i think one of the things that you mentioned that is having a big impact on our health as a nation and one of the things i mentioned in the intro is this idea of isolation not only physically with other people but also isolating these different areas of our health and just focusing on those like you were just saying and i i didn't really enjoy the way america used social distancing like i i, I believe we should have used physical distancing instead mm. i think that would have been a more appropriate term because social distancing encourages like no socializing right it's like yeah. don't interact with other humans at all in any capacity it's like okay no like we still have to interact with other people like it's a part of being human you know yeah i mean it, that stigmatize one of the five core pillars of healthspan right so you think healthspan we get we need to focus on nutrition right the the fuel for our body core mm -hmm. we need to focus on movement and fitness what we're expending with our body we need to focus on our sleep and recharging our body what we're, we're bringing back in we need to focus on our mindset and stress management which this past five years has been unreal and then social connection right and and if you go say hey to care about these we have to do social distancing you you, you kill the fifth pillar you're not going to get whole health you're, you're not going to be physically healthy we are social animals right we've evolved to it you could try to say okay we got around it etc no i mean for hundreds of thousands of years, our brains have evolved to be social beings. Mm -hmm. And if you start to lose that, you're losing a core piece of your health. And that that impacts everything else. You can see inflammation markers mm -hmm. go up when you're more socially isolated. All these things that we talk about the mind and the body, the mind is the body. The mind is a manifestation through the chemical reactions, everything of your body, your body is reacting to what's happening in your mind there they are one and they're feeding off of each other and you have to address all of these otherwise you're you're selling yourself far short mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so can we because we kind of blew through those can you cover those five pillars one more time of the health span yeah, and yeah, explain absolutely. kind of what the health span is for listeners Yes, of course. So I think most people are going to be familiar with lifespan, right? The extent, the the length of time that we're alive. Uh, and when you, people think about it, they think, well, you know, up until this age, but then I'm just bedridden or I'm just decrepit and I'm not making the most of it. Mm -hmm. And Healthspan reframes and says, well, how do we extend the number of healthy years that we get? I look at my parents are nearly 70 now and how transformed it was that my dad now runs half marathons. He's out running mm. each day and everything. And his 70 may be healthier than my grandfather's 50 because how of how he's taking care of his, his body. And so the way he's able to enjoy those extra years, that is what really matters. How do we extend the number of healthy, enjoyable years we get in our life? Mm -hmm. And to do that, it, it really comes down to these five core pillars. And it's, it is nutrition. It's what is it that we are consuming to fuel our body mm -hmm. holistically? Mm -hmm. It's movement and fitness. So fitness may turn some people off, but it's movement, right? Our bodies were built to move. They, chairs did not exist in the wild. Chairs are mm -hmm. pretty new inventions and it's chairs are sitting as the new smoking, 
right? Mm -hmm. We need to move. Our bodies are made to move. And so how do we expend energy? How are we moving through the world? But as you expend energy, you need to recharge that energy. So the third pillar is your sleep and recovery. What are you doing to recharge physically and mentally in those periods of rest and recovery? Mm-hmm. And then we have mindset and social connection, or sorry, mm-hmm. mindset and stress management. Mm-hmm. So stress is a natural part and it, it's a good part. You, I think back a little bit to the matrix where the, the first movie they say, hey, we try to create this perfect world and it, it didn't work, right? The yeah. human brain couldn't compute with a perfect yeah. world. It has to create these problems. We had to have problems in there. Right, and, right. And we're going to have stress. That's just a natural part of, of, of living, and that's mm-hmm. good. Micro stress, not chronic stress is a problem, but micro stress, that's what exercising does. That's mm-hmm. It is putting stress on our body for our body to build that resiliency. And we have the same thing with mental stress, mm-hmm. but knowing how to cope with it so it doesn't turn in to chronic stress. So mindset and stress management. And then the fifth pillar is the social connection piece. It's it's our purpose in life. It's, it's what we put into the world of what we have. Mm-hmm. And that I think more than anything, right? The the nutrition side has been a problem for years. If we move to the sad diet, et cetera, the, the social connection going back to 2017, the Surgeon General said, hey, we're going into a loneliness epidemic. Mm-hmm. This is three years before COVID. Mm-hmm. Then COVID hits. And now they're looking at the data and they're saying, wow, in the rich world, there is $600 billion less spending now on socially connected service spending, things like clubs and things that would get people out. And it's all being moved to consumer goods. Now, mm-hmm. one thing we know from happiness studies is buying more physical things does not <laughs> happiness make. That yep. is the only thing we know does not work. But what yep. we do know works is that social connection, is when yep. we're sharing experiences with people. And so we're taking our money and putting it on things that we know are not going to make us happier. Yep. And taking it out of the pocket of things that we know will make us more social, socially connected and happier. Yep. And and so I guess it, it, all of it, I don't, I wouldn't say balance because that implies equality across all, and it may be a little more individualized. So I, yeah. I like to think about it in terms of equilibrium, because mm-hmm. you may have seasons of life where this thing is more important than this other thing, and just understanding that I need to be thinking about all of them as a cohesive whole. And what am I doing under each of these to make sure that I am not just staying alive as long as possible, but I'm staying healthy mm-hmm. as long as possible so that I can enjoy the life that I have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the number of nursing homes in America compared to a lot of other countries or assisted living facilities, it's like they don't exist as much in, in other countries where they focus more on familial bonds and uh, just move general movement instead of, you know, like hitting the gym every single day or just eating whole foods like they and part of it is a cultural difference, definitely, because in other cultures, it's much more normal for the parents to live with the children, the grandchildren right into old age, and they kind of help take care of them. So that is definitely a little bit different. But still, I mean, there's a lot of uh, I keep thinking back to the, um, there's a Netflix docuseries out there called Secrets of the Blue Zones. Have you seen it? I have not. I don't watch okay. much TV. I've definitely heard of it, though. 
It's pretty darn good. I mean, it's of course all uh, observational, but the man has done, the host has done a lot of op observing of these people, and they show, I mean, clips of, in, uh, I can't even remember how old he was. It was like 85 or 90 year old man in Okinawa, Japan, doing a perfect squat to get down to his like cupboard essentially as he's like building his own instruments. And I'm like, how many people do you know that can do a perfect squat that aren't 85 years old, right? Like right. I barely, I'm a CrossFit coach and I know like three. Right? <laughs> like, it's crazy, but it's something that we are built as humans to be able to do. And we just kind of, we don't think about it. And I think that's the first step, like you're saying is we're not, you don't have to be perfect in these areas, but the first step is knowing that these areas exist and are important. That way you are able to start thinking about them a little bit more. So like you said, it's not about equality in all of these pillars, but in, when people hear all five of these, they may be, they may be a little bit nervous. because they're like, mm. holy crap, Andrew, that's a lot to, that's a lot to think about. Like, how would you respond to, to someone who tells you that? Yeah, it, it can be paralyzing if you start setting the bar too high, right? The, there's a reason there's a whole chapter in my book called Lower Your Bar. It's not lower your standards, <laughs> just lower your bar because you need to get started. And, you know, at one end of the spectrum, some listeners may be familiar with Brian Johnson, the guy who founded Braintree, sold it to PayPal for 800 million, whatever. And this guy spends $2 million a year in this area. He takes hundred and something supplements. He transfuses his Jeez. blood with his teenage son, right? There are all these things. And, and he oh. says, look, I'm doing all the experimentation to make it open to the public so people can do this much more cheaply than I'm having to do it. I just have the means to do it, right? But that's not the bar, mm -hmm. right? What, what is the minimum effective dose on these five? Mm -hmm. So let's think about it. Nutrition. Mm -hmm. if, if you do the 800 gram challenge, you say, look, what I'm going to do is make sure I get 800 grams of fresh plants into my diet. That could be four large apples, whatever it is. I'm going to make sure each day I'm getting 800 grams and I'm going to do roughly a gram of protein per kilo. Then you don't have to sit there and optimize every single micro thing because you will have hit your bases there. Mm -hmm. And if you if you eat a cookie, one, you're not going to be that hungry to eat a bunch of junk after that if you make sure that you're filling that. Mm -hmm. And then two, you don't have to polish BBs on every single micro thing. If you're getting 800 grams of fresh plants and enough protein, like your bases are covered for the day. Like just, just set that for your bar for nutrition. Mm -hmm. On movement, right? It, you don't have to be a CrossFit champ competitor. Mm -hmm. You don't have to go swim you know, 10 kilometers every day, it's shown that just 10 minutes of physical activity a day can reduce all-cause mortality by 50%. That's like, a ridiculous statistic. That's a ridiculous, I want people to hear that one more time. 10 minutes per day, people, 50%. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wild. For me, that's been the biggest wake-up call. If you hear these really successful people changing the frame of mind of, Oh, if I can't go get 60 minutes in the gym, it's not worth working out to saying, mm -hmm. okay, I have five or 10 minutes now. What could I do? I could do some micro workouts. I could do some air squats. I could do some pushups. I could do some sit-ups. What can I do? I can just go for a walk. I, yep. I have these three calls. Let me just get outside and do a walk 
while I do it. Just making sure that I'm moving throughout the day and not just sitting from my bed to the breakfast table, to the car, to my desk, to the dinner table, to TV, to bed. Yeah. Right. That That is a not a good way to live. As long as we can just find ways to put movement into our day, that you start hitting that movement and fitness side. Yeah. Then you get sleep. Like, look, there are all sorts of fancy mattresses mm -hmm. and pods and and yeah. all these kinds of things you can do. But at the base, you just need make sure you're getting seven to nine hours of sleep. Now, there've definitely been periods of my life. I was a McKinsey consultant, right? Where I said, <laughs> okay, look, I'm working till midnight or one. I have to make sure I get my workout in. I'm going to get 60 minutes. It has to be 60 minutes. So I'm going to get up at five every day. Right. And I just wrote off sleep four hours. That's fine for me. Four hours. I'm fine. Yeah. Well, there's a bunch of science saying, no, it's not yeah, yeah. right. After a single <laughs> night of sleep like that, much less yeah. two, all the markers for Alzheimer's, all the plaques, everything just start building up in your brain because what we don't, what we didn't realize now we know is sleep is your brain's way of cleaning out the junk. You need yep. the sleep because it flushes all the bad stuff in. It's also when we learn, this is what I try to, I have a seven-year-old daughter. I'm like, you know what? When you really learn is when you're sleeping. Mm. They, they track it. That's when your, your brain's programming all the stuff. You can learn it during the day, but if you don't get a good night's sleep, it doesn't stick. You don't actually learn it. Mm -hmm. And so how you get that seven to nine, I mean, for me, I found I was very light sensitive and I couldn't mm -hmm. always control if I was traveling anything, the, the shutters. So a $10 eye mask right. has been game changing for me. Right. I slept so much better. It was just the first night I was like, man, I've been sleeping terribly for two weeks. This lights outside my window. Let me try this. Slept 13 hours. I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> there was something to this. I, I was very tired. I needed this eye mask and it's such a cheap solution. I didn't need all these mm -hmm. fancy things. Like just get a good night's sleep. Yep. Then we get to mindset and stress management. So you know, the, the bar, oh, I need to meditate 50 minutes a day or what I can't possibly do it. Andrew Huberman did a study where compared to meditation, just doing five minutes, five minutes a day, can you take five minutes to do that breathing exercise was more effective than meditation on reducing stress levels. So as soon as I heard that, baking that in here, I can make five minutes a day. Yeah. And it's funny right? when you tell people think about your breath. They think about like, they, they won't stop thinking about their breath for the next like 20 minutes, right? They're like, which can be a good thing because yeah. it really encourages you. Oh, you're, oh, I am shallow breathing, right? Like I'm not breathing into my diaphragm, into my lungs where I should be breathing to calm down my central nervous system. Yeah. There's so much. I, yeah. I love talking about breath with clients because it's, it's such an interesting topic and more and more research is coming out, but it has so much power to slow down the heart rate, control the central nervous response, lower all the hormone levels. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, breath work done properly with the, the different options you have in it, it's as powerful as hallucinogenics, mm, right? There are yeah. things you can do with breath work that you have to get external compounds, but you don't need them if you can really start, but again, mm -hmm. that's very high level. Like right, right, right. Going to the, <laughs> at the very base level, just the five minutes, just taking yeah. the five minutes or even, yeah. even more simple for me. I have in my calendar twice a day, a reminder to say, stop and do the four, seven, eight breathing. I do mm -hmm. five breaths of four in, hold it for seven, eight out. And it just, love it. it's a little reset. And then I go to the next thing, but it yeah. helps me just kind of pause and reset before and I make sure I get that in twice a day. But that's the thing, it's just 
having something in your calendar, even if it's just once a day, mm-hmm. to be conscious of your breathing, to just get out of the hustle bustle and say, let me just come back to my breath mm-hmm. and my body for a second. Helps so much. And then you can get back. Yeah. And then the last one, social connection, which it can take all sorts of manifestations, right? Like it could be, it could be something that tied to the other pillars. You can go join a pickleball league. You could join uh, a gym that it's a workout class. Like my, my wife's, she's, I'm much more do my own thing at the gym, but a ton of my friends are there. So we see each other, we talk. My wife is very much on classes, but that's, that's her friend group, right? Mm-hmm. And so you're getting your fitness while you're getting the social connection, but it could just be, Hey, at least one night a week, at least two nights mm-hmm. a week. I'm going to go have dinner with friends. I'm going to go do this social thing to make sure that I'm not sitting there playing video games by myself or, you know, the, I think the, the search or for solitaire or patience, you know, the card game mm-hmm. has gone up like 300% in the past few people are just sitting by themselves playing things like, Hey, if you're going to take this time, why not do it with someone else? And I, I, th- I think the beautiful thing about that with those five pillars, right? You had the extreme of spending $2 million a year of optimizing every single micro one or what we just talked through, it doesn't cost a cent, mm-hmm. right? Taking five minutes mm-hmm. to do your breath, sleeping doesn't mm-hmm. cost you anything, <laughs> right? You're going to eat food yeah. anyway. And just making sure that 800 grams of it's coming from fresh plants, movement. I don't need to go buy a bunch of fancy equipment and gear or anything. I can just move for 10 to 20 minutes. I can go for a walk. I can do these things. These are all within our power right now. Mm-hmm. And there are ways as you move up the extreme nature of it to optimize, to optimize, but it's a much flatter line. The biggest jump is from zero to something. Mm-hmm. The biggest jump is from that zero to 10 minutes. And then it's just incremental after that. You're just yes. getting that first first step yeah. is the most impactful piece. We're going to take a short break from the episode to talk about the latest and greatest from On Point Nutrition, but not to worry, we'll be back with more amazing content in just a second. Are you ready to take control of your health and transform your life? On Point Nutrition's wide variety of offerings makes taking that first step a breeze. And our belief in the power of personalized coaching is baked into all that we do. For those looking to build a relationship with their dietitian, resulting in the most individualized recommendations, we offer one-on-one coaching tailored to your unique needs. If you feel you've got a pretty good grasp on nutrition, but you're wondering how much you should be eating based on your goals or chronic illness, our expert coaches will create a custom seven-day meal planning guide with your needs in mind. Have some burning questions from what you've seen on the internet that you've always wanted to ask a dietitian? On Point also offers one-time coaching sessions, perfect for those seeking quick, targeted advice and guidance. Ready to take the first step towards a healthier you? Check out all of our offerings by visiting onpoint-nutrition.com or by clicking the link in the episode description. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's so... When you break it down 
that's that's really it i mean it's more simple than i think a lot of people make it out to be and i, I have a lot of clients who they fall into that all or nothing mentality that perfection mentality and i'm like yeah. no like we do not need to be perfect no one's perfect dietitians aren't perfect olympic athletes aren't perfect right whatever it is we all have a little bit of slip ups or whatever you want to call them right yeah. like times where we're just not as regimented or as focused and that's completely fine like i use the analogy a lot of times there was a friend i had in kansas who she was learning spanish on duolingo and they have the streak feature right yeah and she was so trying to keep that streak and i get it it's fun to keep that streak i'm doing it myself too but if i lose that streak it doesn't mean duolingo is going to be like no oh, no you can't learn spanish anymore you're done turn it off like you can still learn spanish it's just you don't yeah. have the streak you know the the streaks it it's been something i've been thinking about a lot recently because when we first moved to bermuda i i had this mindset of i don't want to take this for granted mm. and so just the fact that i could swim in the ocean every day doesn't mean i will so i'm going to commit that i'm swimming in the ocean every single day and so hurricanes would hit, everything would come, and I'd still be jumping in the water. <laughs> and there have been a couple of times that I almost died, right? Like I come out and I'm bloody everywhere. Like it's Dude, total mess. And what? so I had to re reassess, say, wait, what was the purpose of this? Okay, well, it's that I really enjoy swimming in the ocean, and I didn't want to take that for granted. And is putting myself in these harmful situations where I'm definitely not enjoying it, is that getting in the way of the original purpose? Mm. Duolingo, another great example of, I started studying Mandarin because my daughter was in, in her preschool and mm. you know she didn't speak English very well then. So I could tell if she's speaking Mandarin or gibberish. And I was like, hey, this might be a fun thing for us to learn together for us to do. Mm. But trying to keep that streak, there are times I'm like, oh, sorry, I, I can't hang out with you right now. I gotta, I gotta do my streak. I'm like, wait, why am I even learning yeah. this? Is to associate with her, is to yeah. relate to her I need to go back. It's it's back to asking the why, yeah. right? Like the drunk under the, the the street light of like, hey, this is the easy thing to measure, this streak. Mm -hmm. But what was the purpose of the streak in the first place? Mm -hmm. Let me let me start peeling that back because I can start optimizing on metrics, but the metrics were just input metrics for some other output that I was really focused on, and I've lost sight of what that output was. Mm -hmm. So we can go back to. If it's health span, hey, I really care about my health, mm -hmm. right? And so I, the things that are easy for me to measure of, okay, it's it's my weight or it's the amount of sleep or these things. And then as a result, I end up losing all my social connection because I've been mm -hmm. optimized because that's really hard to measure. Mm -hmm. I'm optimizing on all these and I'm super stressed. So my my stress management's gone down, my social connection, but I'm on all these, I got my, whoop, I got my Apple health data, I'm, I'm optimizing in my spreadsheets, but I've totally lost these other two things. I may be worse off in my health, right? Because mm -hmm. I've really let these other two slip. And so peeling it back, stepping back every now and then to say, okay, what is my overall objective here? Not mm -hmm. not the thing I'm measuring right now, but why am I doing all this? Mm. Helps really inform that we're making the right choices. Yeah. And I, I think it's important to note, you may not, you may have negative associations with some of these things in your head listeners of you know you you hate to exercise right 
you think you think quality food tastes terrible you don't you're you're more of an introvert and you don't love to interact with other humans like okay well start with what you enjoy right like there are healthy foods or i should say just more healthy foods uh, as opposed to less healthy that you enjoy most likely if you don't love all vegetables fine like that's you don't have to eat every single vegetable that exists start with the ones that you like and then go from there right find recipes that involve those movement i say all the time to people they're again they come to me with this mindset of i have to go to the gym i'm like no you don't if you like walking your dog great i have people going to zumba classes there's people that could do yoga totally fine um, same thing with like introvert. If if you don't love spending a ton of time with people, start with a small amount of time and try to get them to do something that you enjoy as an activity, right? Maybe just if, if you really do love video games, like start with just maybe trying to make a friend online with the video games. I have a lot of people that I know who have actually went and visited friends that they made online from video games in real life eventually. So maybe you just start with that. But I think it's helpful to go into this if you are going to start focusing on these five areas with an open mind, all right, because a lot of, especially with, I've seen it with the nutrition piece, a lot of times people think that healthy food doesn't taste good, but then I ask them, I'm like, oh, are you using spices in your cooking? And they're like, ah, I use a little bit of salt and pepper. And I'm like, well, that's boring. What do you, why? Like there's so many flavors that exist in the world and then they start to love it way more, right? There's so many different cooking methods. So it may not be that you don't enjoy it, these certain things. It may just be, you have to make that first step, like Andrew said, and then you start learning more and more about it and it becomes easier and easier to maintain. So yeah. And really playing to make it easy. Mm -hmm. Right. Say, hey, I hate going to the gym. Okay. Don't go to the gym. Yeah. Right? Just, just like you said. And it, is there something, do you like bocce ball or pickleball or th there are all these other things just try and, and don't feel bad about quitting. Right. Yeah. Try and say, Hey, this isn't working. Let me go find something else, but find something you like. And if it can be something that hits multiple, like, Oh, you know, I actually really love cooking. And eating, if I can shape this and there are these classes that I can do, or these groups that get together, right? Like, mm -hmm. oh, could I get the social connection along with my nutrition right, or right. the the movement along with the social connection? There are all these that you could do together. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those things, even for introverts, Tim Ferriss just uh, yesterday on his podcast was talking about, he's like, look, I'm super introverted. Mm. And if it's up to me, the me of any given moment is going to just choose to sit on the couch by myself. Right. Which is why I lock it in because every single time I go do a trip with friends, I go do this thing. I'm so much happier. Yeah. Right. My mental health is so much better. So I book it. I force myself out. And this was, I had this conversation with my wife, right? People are like, oh, well, we can't travel till our child's this age, this, that, and the other. And I was like, look, it's always going to feel easier to sit on the couch and watch Netflix. Always. But is that at the end? what you wanted your life to be. Mm -hmm. You get out and go do it. And you're like, yeah, this was a little rough, but my God, the memories we made. Oh my mm -hmm. goodness, this experience that we had. And you just, inertia is a powerful mm -hmm. force. And if that inertia is keeping you on the couch or that inertia is getting you up and moving, it's just as powerful on the movement side. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it, it just remembering, give yourself the chance. Whatever it yeah. is, it can make it easy. 
on on the foods like okay let me find the foods i like just keep testing till you find it on the the movement and physical activity what is it that works on the sleep of hey i'm having a really hard time sleeping keep experimenting like see what helps you sleep on social connection maybe it's just the people you're hanging out with <laughs> maybe you're not hanging out with the right people Honestly, like, you're just right. not very fun yeah even on the video game you know depending where you are they're more and more they're not really bars or clubs, but they're, they're like video game venues totally. where people who love it, get together and they yeah. have a restaurant. And, and so you can find your, you can find your tribe. That's the yeah. amazing thing about the internet is wherever you are, you can find your tribe. Yeah. You just go find them and, yeah. and you'll, you'll enjoy it so much more. If you're not enjoying the people you're spending time with, go find other people to spend time with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, so true. I would love to connect your the the idea of stoicism and some of the ideas in your book to all of this i'm a big fan of stoicism myself and i i use it with clients a lot but could you could you maybe speak on that a little bit and how external factors because a lot of times my clients will get super caught up in what's happening outside of their control and yeah. they let it affect all of these habits that they're trying to work on in these five different pillars. So could you speak on that a little bit? Yeah. So it, let's, let's step back and define stoicism, which may be helpful yeah. for people. So a lot of people think stoic and they think lowercase s and it's stony face. It's unfeeling. It's unemotional. Mm -hmm. And and that, that is a pejorative sense of the word, but stoicism capital S is this ancient philosophy from Greece and Rome uh, and it really comes down to exactly what you said. It's very similar to the serenity prayer and other things. What are the things in my control? What are the things not in my control? And let me recognize the difference and really spend my time exerting my energies where I'm in control of things. Mm -hmm. And if you distill it down, the what we're really ultimately in control of is our own mindset and interpretation of things. Yes. Yeah. You know, Hamlet has this line. There's neither good nor bad, but thinking makes it so, right? Mm. These are just labels that we give to things. This thing happened. I could say it's bad. I could say it's good. I could say it's indifferent. I get to decide what label I put on top of this objective fact. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, stoicism came to this, but you talk to a lot of modern people like, wow, yeah, this, I kind of came to this in my own life. I didn't realize it was stoicism. Or if you go read the Tao Te Ching from Lao Tzu, very similar concepts in there. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of Buddhism comes from the same thing. And I don't mm -hmm. think it's an accident that 2000 to 3000 years ago, as we moved from hunters and gatherers roaming the plains to living in cities and civilizations, dealing with totally different kinds of stressors on our, our minds and our bodies, that these people at all different parts of the world started coming to the same thing. And now with fMRI and a lot of the science, we're starting to understand the science behind why this is true. Oh, this is how the dopamine cycle works. Oh, this is why this stoic principle holds true. And this is why we react the way we do. Mm -hmm. And so when it comes down to the, the things outside of our control, so for example, in my book, I, I, I try to frame it as renting versus owning your mind, right? Mm -hmm. Thinking of your mind as the most important real estate you'll ever possess. It's the what you have from birth. It's the only thing you're going to leave with. Everything else comes and goes, right? You can be a Russian billionaire and they can take away your yacht, right? You can't control physical possessions. Our physical yep. body, virus can get in, bacteria get in, can't, can't fully control it. We can influence it, 
by having good nutrition, having movement, getting good sleep, we can influence it, but we can't fully control it. Mm -hmm. But our mindset, it's that one thing. And who knows, maybe they'll create some invention or some AI that'll know how to hack our mind. But right now, it's the one thing we can control. And so really understanding how and why we end up renting to other people or to events or circumstances outside our control, or most difficult, the the different or imagined versions of ourselves. Oh, this is what my parents wanted me to be, or this is what I really should be, but I'm not, right? And that mm-hmm. voice inside our head that's constantly telling us, oh, you're not living up to it. And so all of it comes back to how do we distinguish what we can control and what we don't. And so, hey, I really planned on a run today, but I woke up and it's super rainy and it's awful and I don't want to go out in it. Okay, fine. But I still allocated this time. Maybe I could do some burpees and jumping jacks or whatever and stay inside and still get this movement because I know my day is going to be better if I start moving. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I want to eat healthy, but I'm on the road and the only breakfast they have here is waffles and pancakes and all these kinds of things. That, okay, well, going next time, do I want to keep some nuts or something in my bag so that I'm prepared, right? So preparing for the worst ahead of time. So what do I have in my bag, which I always travel with a whole bunch of stuff Mm -hmm. so that I won't slip into that trap? Mm -hmm. I say, hey, yep, if they're not great options, I have some options that I feel good about with me. I'm Mm going to choose these so that I'm not painted into this corner. Uh, And so it it applies for each kind of thing on, on sleep, right? Like I said earlier, I don't watch too much TV, but my wife, she really likes Netflix and it's something we do together. So we get 25 to 35 minutes that we do it. And if it's 35 minutes in, we're in the middle of an episode, we stop at 35 minutes, right? Like that's, and we pick it back up the next day because otherwise I'm stealing from my sleep budget. Mm. Say, hey, do I want to give Reed Hastings and Netflix my sleep budget or do I want to own my sleep budget? I'm going to own it. This is how much time I'm going to give you Reed Hastings. This is what I'm going to keep for myself. <laughs> yeah. And just putting in those checks to say, what is it that I value? And it's other people, they get to fit in around what I value, mm-hmm. not not the other way around. Like Zuckerberg, no, <laughs> you, you don't get to own 60 minutes. I, I may give three minutes to Instagram, not 60. I'm not, give, I'm not giving you that other 57. Mm-hmm. That's for me. Yeah. Mm. I love that. I love the idea of viewing it as renting and owning and budgeting and stuff like that because it is a valuable resource. That's what companies are shooting for. They're they're buying for your attention right now. We live in an attention economy, right? Yeah. That's what it's been. It, it. And, and we get to decide, do we want to give this our attention or not? Yeah. And look, again, Tim Ferriss talks about it. He's like, look, I am a smart guy. I can, I can control, but the chances of me and my monkey brain winning against multi-trillion dollar companies right. that are putting all sorts of science to get me hooked in, yeah. like, I'm not going to win that battle. Yeah. So I have to put in policing mechanisms yeah. to help, help me win here yeah. because I'm not going to beat them. 
Same I'm just thing nutrition wise. I mean, people are fighting biology. They are doing research yes. on how to make these foods as addictive as possible. They are triggering the perfect receptors on your tongue and trying to get the perfect dopamine release in every bite, right? So you're you're fighting against biology when you're trying to make some of these changes too. Yeah. I mean, you may know this. My my parents told me this. My parents are both pediatricians. I didn't realize it. So babies when they have to do surgery the circumcision something like that mm -hmm. they give them sugar water because for a baby the 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 reaction in the brain for sugar water is the exact same as heroin exact same so the most addictive the most harmful drug that we have we subsidize as a country yep. right high fructose corn syrup we're yep. subsidizing we're making it cheap put it in everything and we know we know because we do it to babies, it has the same reaction in our brain as heroin, which means it's super addictive that we want more. We want more. We want more. It's messed that, up, man. I yeah, know. Think, I know. think our monkey brain is going to win that battle. Right. It's, it's an exercise <laughs> in futility. Yeah. So we're not saying all of this to say don't try, right? That is not the point of this. We're saying this to just add a little bit of validation to the struggle that can be starting some of these steps and focusing on some of these pillars. So in that vein, just because we are getting, getting pretty close, this conversation has been awesome, it's been running. Can we cover a couple action items for folks to focus on if they're trying to start focusing on their different pillars of health? If you had yeah, so I, I do think really, one, recognize the importance of all five. Say, okay, I, I need to be at least aware of all five. Two, identify for you, what is the minimum that you're willing to give right now for? Yeah. Not the max, hey, here's everything I do. What is the minimum? Mm -hmm. Hey, if nine hours of sleep, probably not necessary. Not many people are getting nine. But if seven hours of sleep is unrealistic, could I do five nights a week where I'm getting six and then a couple where I'm getting seven? Like, what what is your minimum bar that you can start looking at. Yeah. And then three, how do you make it easy for yourself? Easy to say yes. Mm -hmm. So what are finding those foods that you really like, finding the the movement that you really enjoy, do the experimentation, make it fun. What is it that makes it easy? Because that's what makes it sustainable. Mm -hmm. And without sustaining it, it, it doesn't do anything. Because this is not a one-week journey. Mm -hmm. this is the journey of a life. Like with the, the mindset and everything, you know, people will read a book or listen to a podcast and, oh my God, my life's going to be so different. And then tomorrow they do the exact same thing they did the day before. Mm -hmm. And nothing's going to change unless you work on it every single day. And that, that's true. We don't eat salads for a week and say, cool, I'm having French fries and hamburgers the rest of my life because I had this one week where I had good nutrition. Like it's a daily thing that we have to hit on these elements. So what is the bar that makes it enjoyable and easy for us to sustain mm -hmm. and figuring out what that is on the minimum on each one. And then from there, what, what do you want to, to add on more? You're like, okay, you know what? I find that that night a week that I go have dinner with friends, I sleep better. I wake up the next day. I'm happier. Maybe I want to do that two or three nights a week. Maybe I want to do that a little more than I'm doing right now and finding those things that say, okay, where do I move up over time? Because this isn't a one and done. This is where can I start? How do I lower my bar of where I start? How do I then make it enjoyable? 
And then how and where do I want to build on from there? Yeah. And that's, that's a personal thing. I mean, we've talked about kind of the bare minimum, what I think is, is pretty easy across those five, but for you, maybe it's not 800 grams today. Maybe it's, Hey, I've been eating only processed foods. If I can get, I'm going to just add two apples or mm -hmm. two servings of fruit into my day. That's a win. Mm -hmm. Cause again, the, the movement from zero to something mm -hmm. is the biggest gain you're going to get. Mm -hmm. So just start with something and then figure out how to make it fun from there. It's, I, I'm really hesitant to put in hard metrics because of what we've learned about how the, the dopamine system works, right? So there's a reason Olympic athletes after the Olympics, after they win a gold medal, more often than not get depressed. And what we know is the higher the dopamine spike, then the lower the trough and the longer and more prolonged it is after. And so if your goal is, I want to run a marathon, I'm going to train because I'm going to run a marathon. And somebody else is like, you know what? I just love how I feel when I get out in the morning and I go running for 30 minutes. Mm. The day after the marathon, who's more likely to get out of bed and keep running? The person mm. who enjoyed the process, who got that little dopamine hit each day, or the person who was grinding, 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 huge dopamine when they cross the finish line, long trough and down. Same for weight. Is it, hey, I'm really trying to find these foods that I enjoy eating that make me feel so good. I don't feel bloated afterwards. I don't feel sluggish. I feel great the next day. Or the person says, I, I need to lose 12 pounds before this wedding. Who the day after the wedding is more likely to eat the healthy foods that are fueling your body. And so finding those things, the stories that we're telling ourselves to get the, the little daily dopamine hits, as opposed to this somewhere down the line, oh, this one metric I'm, I'm aiming for. So lower the bar, define what your bar is, make it fun, make it sustainable, make it enjoyable, and then build from there. Love it. Can you tell people where to find your book, find you online, things like that? Yeah. So online, my website, mandrewmcconnell.com, that has links to everything, LinkedIn, Instagram, the Twitter, socials, uh, the book, it's on Amazon. You can get it on Kindle. You can get it on Audible. You can get physical copy. So anywhere, Barnes & Noble, anywhere they sell books, you can get it. And then I'm probably most active on LinkedIn. So just reach out to me, connect to me on LinkedIn, but you can find me on the others as well. Cool, man. Well, folks, this has been a great conversation. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Andrew, thank you for sharing your wisdom with us today. Really awesome conversation. I think folks are going to get a lot out of this. So thank you for being here. I appreciate you having me. Thanks. Yeah, man. Folks at home, we are so grateful for you joining us today. If anything you heard today struck a chord in you, we encourage you to take action on it as soon as you can. Sustainable change takes consistent action. Just start with that first step. Have a great rest of your week. If you found this episode helpful, share the love. Send this to family and friends. Post it on all of the stories. Make sure you tag us at On Point Nutrition if you do. And give us a follow while you're there for plenty more nutrition tips on Instagram, Facebook, or TikTok. If you're interested in learning how On Point can help you reach your nutrition goals, head to onpoint-nutrition.com to schedule a free consultation.